Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Melinda from Hope When There Was None. I am a child abuse survivor as well as domestic violence survivor, and you've reached my page. So I come on to share my story, my journey, the healing journey that I've endured. And, um, you know, the tough stuff, the ugly stuff that sometimes many people don't want to talk about, they kind of push under the rug. I've shared just about everything, the dirty, the nasty things I really didn't feel comfortable sharing, but I did. And I wanted to do that so I could let others know that they're not alone. God placed it on my heart to share, and even though I ran from it, I shared this yesterday, he kept pursuing me. He kept pursuing me until finally it's like, okay, Lord, I can do this. So I'm coming on today. I've already shared chapter one of my story, my book, Call Me Master, and you can find this on Amazon. Now, if you, I know it's pretty harsh. I've had some comments about the cover. Now, the reason why I chose this and why it spoke to me, and, and thank you for Brian, Brian, my friend, uh, Brian Gagnon, he did the picture for this. It's something that is kind of, you know, some people have looked at it, they said they won't read it just because of the cover. Hey, JV, thanks for watching, girl. It is not a bedtime story. It's not, it's my memoir. It's not a story that you want to read to your kids. It's so, you know, right now I'm going through something in chapter two. It's nothing that, um, you know, I don't use a lot of curse words. I try not to. In the story, I might just so you can get an understanding of what was said and so on. Now, again, the cover was something else. As I went along my, my journey with my my ex, we did experiment. He enjoyed BDSM. So BDSM, for those that don't know, oh, hey, Teresa, is bondage. It's bondage and sadomasochism. Uh, and so that's something he enjoyed. He enjoyed that control. He enjoyed the domination. Now there is, to, uh, those that are in this community, there are ways to do this correctly. If you find enjoyment on that and so on and so on. I didn't. I learned later. There are words that you can use. They're safe words. When you've had enough, when you don't want to do something, when you're hurting and so on and so on, you use your safe words to say, okay, white flag no more my ex you would say those safe words he just would keep going and it would get him more excited the more i cried the more i begged he would just he liked that so without getting into more details i know it's early i'm going to start chapter two so i started my book with also some sort of mod not motto um well mottos different Bible verses and so on, things that spoke to me. So this one is Psalms 27.1, and I do use the King James Version. I'm not going to scold you and say, hey, you need to use mine. Mine is better than yours. I do like it. I like the old written word. I know a lot of folks say that they don't like the King James. It's hard to understand. It really isn't. A study was done. Second graders can understand it. If there's a word you don't understand, you go to the dictionary, and you can find a lot of great stuff in the book, really, in, in just the way the words are said. So anyway, but if you want to read the Bible, read one that speaks to you. Again, I just, this is one I prefer. So the Lord is my light. Again, Psalm 27, 1. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That is Psalm 27, verse 1. Growing up. As a young child in the 70s, I was no stranger to violence. I watched my then stepfather choke and beat my mother often. The sounds of fists hitting bare skin, cries would escape her mouth as she tried to remain composed, so not to further alarm me. I watched in horror, afraid to move and unable to protect her. My stepfather, Frank, he, the names have been changed to protect me as well as them. My stepfather, Frank, became a man possessed by drugs and alcohol before he and my mom had met. As the years went by, he became so paranoid, depressed, and angry about everything. I felt that mom was lucky. She had a job and later a side job that let her have some freedom and escape from the darkness. When Frank was high or drunk, he could be the life of the party, even though if it was just he and I alone. He would make me laugh, sing silly songs, start strumming on his guitar, or snapping pictures of me doing something totally ridiculous. He began hurting me, and it didn't seem to matter why or for what. It just was. Over the years, I couldn't wait to go to school to save myself from home. Now I wasn't great or even a good student, but I did like school. School was a welcome refuge for me. I would linger at school and take my time walking home. I would get a sour feeling in the pit of my stomach, and I didn't want to go home. Hi, Mike. I was too young to understand at the time that a dark depression had gripped my stepfather, and that was from losing his job and not being able to find work, and he was under the influence of those drugs and drinking to escape. He was notoriously unfaithful while he was married to my mother, and there was fighting between mom and Frank, and usually about some woman or money. After one occasion, mother, mom had called me to the bathroom. She was crying and said that we have, we may have to do something, and she would have to take, um, take me for medication just to the store real quick and treat us for something. So she went on later to explain that Frank had crabs while he was skiing. Well, of course, at the young age of six years old, I was terrified of skiing and not to make light of the story at all. But this sort of thing conjured up some wild images in my mind at that age. We moved several times and I didn't take, I didn't make too many friends for fear of losing them because we moved again. To be honest, none of my friends had any idea about what was going on behind closed doors. When I was 10 years old, I was punched in the face for not bringing home my lunch box from school the night before. It could have been a cloudy day out, but whatever there was, any kind of reason to abuse me. My friend Kim, she lived across the street from me, and we would walk to school together most times. Or her dad was wonderful to drive us in the weather, whether it was rainy or cold. It so happened it was a cold day, and Kim was always pokey in the morning. Her mom opened up the door, and I kept my head kind of turned so she couldn't see my puffy lip. I kind of looked down like this. It was really nasty outside, so she insisted that I come in. She took one look at my face, and tears filled her eyes. Who did this? she asked. I replied, I walked into the bedroom door. That's all. She knew me well enough to know that I was lying, and I looked down at my feet. I was so ashamed. Melinda, who did this to you? She asked in a more demanding tone, but yet it was very gentle and loving. I stammered that I wasn't supposed to tell. She quickly embraced me and said, we can call the police. You can stand. You can stay here. Does your mom know? I sobbed and begged her, please don't call the police because my dad would hurt my mom if anyone found out. She stepped back and she looked at me with such caring and love. And she said, I will do whatever you want me to do. He needs to be in jail. If you ever need a place to come, you come here and we'll take you in. I felt better because I unburdened myself, but yet I was terrified that she would tell either my dad or my mom or the police about what was going on. But she didn't. She never said a word. I was so relieved that my secret was safe. 
The last time he had laid his hand on me was when I was 12 years old. At that time, my middle sister Lynn was born. Mom went back to work after maternity leave, and Frank then became Mr. Mom. I recall being home on one occasion when Frank and Lynn, when she was just a bit over six months old, she wouldn't stop crying. And she was in her high chair. She was upset. She didn't seem to be hungry, but he was screaming at her to eat. He was trying to feed her, which made her, of course, cry even more and harder. And this upset him even more. I could see the veins in his neck bulging and his face turned red. He was screaming at her and I don't didn't know how I managed to quickly move as fast as I did like lightning, but I managed to grab her out of his grasp. We struggled for a bit a minute as he tried to get me out of her get her out of my arms and I held tight. He had a fist up to slap me, threatening me to put her down. For a brief moment I heard this loud voice yelling to leave her alone and if he ever hurt her he would regret it. I was surprised that voice was mine. He backed down, defeated, as if someone splashed cold water on him. I went to my room that I shared with my baby sister. I rocked her and soothed her to sleep. He never laid a hand on me again. I don't believe he ever touched her in anger either. A year later, our lives would change for the better as mom left Frank for good. I had seen my stepfather a few times afterward. He later ran to a different state to avoid child support. He later remarried. His new wife would call my mom crying that she and the kids were being abused and mom had quietly told her that she should call the police. She had previously warned her about him. As far as we know, they're still married together. I haven't seen them in years and like to keep it that way. Mom later remarried when I was in my late teens to a great guy who never lifted a hand towards my mom or us kids call him Joe, but his real name is Chet. Joe was the only father figure that I really felt that I could call dad. It was neat to see how the relationship flourished and everything was normal. The adjustment was rather difficult for a variety of reasons, which include typical teenage hormones. Dad, as I now refer to call him, has been there every step of my life that from that time on, offering pearls of wisdom and stability all in all, he had been a beacon of light for us. Now, again, that time was so tumultuous because I had those hormones going on as a teenager. The normal for me was just so weird. I had lived since I was two years old in a situation that was very volatile, heated. You didn't know from time to time what was going to happen. So normal for me, that was crazy. So a lot of times when um, Chet, my, my stepdad, dad, I call him now, um, would be loved or just want to have fun or something, I would like back off because I thought this is weird and I would get even hostile and mad and, you know, there might be a lot of fighting for no reason. Now looking back, I felt, I feel so stupid. I really do. We butted heads a lot, but for no reason, I would become obstinate just because it, because it just didn't seem right to me. It, living in all that other crazy, it just normal seemed weird. I don't know what other better way to say it. Normal seemed weird. So that's just uh, chapter two. And I'm going to come back on tomorrow. I'm going to come on every every day. And again, God's got a place this in my heart that I need to get this out. And because someone watching or you know somebody right now that needs to hear this. And it's not bragging. I'm not telling you, hey, go to Amazon and buy it. I give away free PDFs to um, victims and survivors. So I'm not looking to make a buck. I just want to share my story so others know that they're not, again, they're not living in darkness. So I am sharing this 
and then we'll go to chapter three, which is moving on. That'll be tomorrow, maybe around the same time. I'm going to try and work it that way. So thanks for watching. If you are able to watch this in a replay, do me a, fa a, a favor. I'm a little chilly, sorry. A favor and do a hashtag replay. Also, let me know where you're from. I, you know, say hi. I'd love to know. And do me a favor and help me share awareness by sharing this video. I'm going to put this video in the first chapter one in a category in the video section that you can find here on the page. It's just chapter one will be there and chapter two and so on and so on. <laughs> yes, Mike knew me back in the day. <laughs> he did wild things with my hair. You know, the Cindy Lauper thing, I shaved the side of my head and I was actually thinking about doing that again recently. <laughs> you are such a sweetheart. Thank you so much for sharing. And I love all the support and love you've given me. We can reconnected back, I don't know how many years ago on Facebook. And I'm so, I love this platform that we're able to reconnect with old friends. Some of these friends know my dirty secrets, you know, things I really don't want to be out there, but you know what? I, I don't care anymore. I've just gotten to the point now where it's, it needs, things need to be told from my past, dirty stuff, you know, even as a Christian, I need to let people know that, hey, I still have thoughts that are impure, that, um, you know, I still say that curse word every once in a while. So it's just for people to know that I'm not perfect. And being a Christian, you're not always perfect. You're not, but God still loves you. Well, thank you for watching and I love you and I do miss you Mike and we have to connect sometime when this whole crazy is over thank you all for watching I do appreciate that and you have a great rest of your day I'll see you back here tomorrow Mwah! stay safe bye